0: Welcome to Energetic Radio. I'm your host, Dale Sybottom. Join me each week as I bring you amazing guests and interviews from some of the world's best operators. They will teach us how to bring fun, energy and joy into each and every day. Let's get stuck in. Welcome to episode number 80 of the podcast, and I'd just like to say a big thank you to everybody who has left a five-star review on the podcast or has been emailing in, because um, it's really nice to know that people are enjoying what we're putting out there, and today I've got no doubt you're going to love my chat with Ryan Sidebottom. Now, Ryan, uh, besides having a really good last name like me, he's also a fast bowler who has pushed through a lot of boundaries to get where he is today. He's currently a county cricketer, so elite cricket over in the uk he's played state cricket in australia for victoria and along the way he's had a number of injuries and setbacks but he's just bounced back and talk about resilience and a positive attitude so he's going to share his journey um, from growing up in the country to now living over in the uk and doing wonderful things so guys this is ryan sidebottom enjoy ryan sidebottom how are you buddy
1: I'm very well, thanks, Dale. How are you?
0: Good, mate. Now you are getting up nice and early. It's your day off over in uh, the UK. Uh, what's time for you at the moment, mate?
1: Uh, it's just ticked over eight o'clock on uh, Friday morning, mate. So you've you've got me up nice and early on on what you've uh, described as my day off. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, now, of course, you are. You do have a very thick Australian accent, like myself, mate. But you're over in uh, the UK now on a British passport, playing county cricket.
1: Yeah, correct. Uh, so been over here for almost, a bit over 12 months now and uh, uh, enjoying enjoying what the uh, English summer has to offer in, in uh, sunny Birmingham at the moment.
0: Now, sunny Birmingham, didn't you get uh, a rain-affected game just recently, mate? <laughs> correct, yes.
1: Um, it's been pretty remarkable summer. We, we had a stretch of three months with no rain and then the last sort of two weeks to two and a half weeks since the Test match, at Edgbaston started,
0: we've, uh, we've had a fair bit of rain, so it's been, uh, been pretty strange. Nice, mate. Now I want to, I will get back to obviously talking about your county success and everything you're doing over there now, mate, but I want to just get back to the start and um, talk a little bit for particularly people listening along, and it's going to be a really good episode for young kids, that um, you didn't really develop into a fast bowler until um, you are a bit older, mate. Do you want to talk through like, Because you weren't the best, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here, mate, but you weren't the best junior going around and um, you, you really developed late, didn't you? yeah
1: yeah um, I guess you know everyone develops at, at different rates and and I was one of the unlucky ones I guess that that took a little bit longer to develop um, you know I never started really growing until I was um, 17 and then I sort of finished up, stopped growing while I was 21 so over those sort of 18 19 years I uh, I grew probably I don't know a foot foot and a half maybe and uh, you know, then my sport sort of developed from that, really. Um, you know, my football started to get a little bit better and then and my cricket started to get better and then my cricket would get even better. And um, Yeah, so it was one of those ones where I, I developed quite late and um, sort of the sports sort of followed on from, from me growing, I guess
0: yeah and so you grew up in a family of uh five boys and all very sporty and everything like that did uh did you find that hard growing up mate that uh maybe your brother's a little bit better than you and you there was still a lot of pressure on you and things like that and you you hadn't fully grown out um
1: i wouldn't I wouldn't say pressure but um you know there was always always sport and stuff going on in the backyard whether it be you know footy cricket tennis golf soccer whatever um, whatever we could get our hands on really we we did back onto the local uh, footy ground so if we weren't in the backyard doing something we we're definitely over the over the footy yard uh, footy oval in the cricket nets or in the tennis courts or, or doing whatever so I wouldn't say there was a hell of a lot of pressure in terms of uh growing up with with four four brothers but um you know, it, it got a little bit old towards, towards the end when everyone's sort of a little bit taller than you and a little bit stronger and, and you, you you get sick of losing
0: pretty quickly. I bet you do, mate, and I know, very competitive family. So so when did it click, mate? You said you started having your little growth bird at about, uh, well, not a little growth bird, you're very tall, but at about 17. So when did it all start clicking and your bowling went from, you know, mediocre to elite in that sense?
1: Um. I guess it was over the space of probably when I was nineteen, twenty really, it sort of started to develop to a process where I could could compete and do well at, at local level at in the Cricket Shepherd and Comp at, in the A grade there and um, I did quite well uh, um, I think it oh, I think it might have been two thousand and nine, I think, that we that I was playing with Karamomas and we played in a losing grand final against a strong Central Park side. Um, and just having a couple of beers after the game, speaking to Rowan Larkin, who's who's played a lot of state cricket and and a, a lot of district cricket in Melbourne, um, he just asked the question if I'd ever thought about moving to Melbourne, and um, the thought really hadn't crossed my mind at that stage. And I uh, I just thought, Bugger it why not? Let's give it a crack. And uh, he ma- he made a call to the Carlton Cricket Club, and then the cricket the well Carlton made a made a call to me, and I went down and had a couple of training sessions and and enjoyed it and. Um, I guess, decided to move down
0: on the back of that. Yeah, and I, I know from there, mate, I personal story, I remember getting back from London um, and I was playing cricket against you and um, I hadn't seen you in a couple of years and just out of the blue, you were bowling absolute rockets, man. I think you knocked my off peg uh, <laughs> off to the boundary, mate, and you gave me a nice little send-off on the way. So was there, <laughs> was there anything you changed, um like with your bowling or with your body or it's just really that growth spurt and growing into your body and and figuring out that you had a lot of potential
1: uh oh I don't think I changed anything um I think it was just the the positive mindset that I wanted to do um do what my older brothers have, have done and uh I was lucky enough to do that um and then obviously succeed them as well so I wouldn't have say I wouldn't say I changed anything, but it was just more the fact that I'd actually yeah grown into my body and, and um, you know I guess I was lucky that it all just
0: sort of clicked and and uh, it went on from there yeah nice and and you mentioned Rowan Larkin who's obviously a legend in Victorian sport um when you went down to Carlton mate after obviously getting recommendation from such a glowing reference in Rowan what was it like mate because you're a country boy you're just moving straight down you you don't really know what's going to happen how how did you cope with that
1: um yeah to be honest I I did travel to and from Melbourne uh for the first half of the, the first season that I did move down so uh, I wasn't able to get to as many training sessions as I would like to, but you know the two that I went to during preseason were were fantastic. Um, all the guys were really great. They you know they all got around me and made me feel really really welcome. And and I guess having having Steele down there uh, living in Melbourne at, the, at that time, he was like you know if you ever need a place to stay, you're more than welcome to come and stay with me. So. If I did need a place, then I, you know, I was lucky enough to have him down there that I could you know, sort of lean on for support as well. But, um, you know, I can't thank the Carlton Cricket Club enough for what they did for me, you know, from moving to, from Shep to Melbourne and, and facilitating me to get into the professional, professional game. So they've been nothing but first class for me.
0: Yeah, and a really good club as well, mate. Now, so when you started out at Carlton, um, I remember that first season you, uh, you were just fantastic, and then your second season went really well as well. And and then all of a sudden you were playing to Victoria, and then then you made your debut. Do you want to just talk about that sort of roller coaster and how quickly it happened?
1: Yeah, so the first season I moved down to Carlton. I started in the third eleven, and um, probably played five or six games in the third eleven, and did well enough to to be picked up into the seconds. Uh, then yeah, I got picked in the seconds and was playing good enough cricket. I got picked as a replacement player for Evan Golbus, who was in the Victorian setup at the time. He was playing the one-day final, so I was picked to play the first week of a two-day game uh, against Fitzroy Doncaster. Uh, yeah, so got got that one game. Unfortunately, Evan came back and I was the, I was the player that got pushed back down to the seconds. But um, you know, my first first game didn't probably go as well as I would have liked to bowl 12 overs and none for 50 so I was a little bit expensive for for what I, my high standards are now but looking back it was a fantastic experience to play against those those kind of players and um if you take the figures away from it, it it looks like you know speaking to coaches and and players and stuff like that that I held my own so I was you know happy with that but it sort of it lit the fire or stoke the fire a little bit more that I actually wanted to do a bit you know play a bit more and, and do that so I finished the first season in the seconds and um, decided that I was you know shifting down and I was going to give it a red hot crack and so I did a full pre-season uh, in my second season and um, I, I was lucky enough that I got picked and started in the, in the first team and um, yeah, played the first five games and unfortunately in the second year I was struck down with a stress fracture in my back. So that didn't really go to plan. So I was you know, stuck in Melbourne uh, watching the boys sort of do what I wanted to do. So it was a bit, a bit of a tough six months. Um, but, you know, uh, being, a, being a country lad that's pretty happy-go-lucky, you sort of just enjoy your, enjoy your time down there. And, um, you know, I guess having family two hours down the road helped that um, helped that for sure but uh, the second year was a bit of a bit of a roller coaster but um, you know got back and had another pre-season in my third season and and uh, got back into the into the first team.
0: Yeah nice mate and from there everything went uh, peachy and I remember at the time you were you were still working you are training you were playing twos for Victoria and doing really well um, do you want to talk us through when you finally got that call to uh, play your first game against South Australia?
1: Uh yeah, it was actually WA. But well,
0: we'll, um, there you go, that's it. It's a real blunder on my half. WA. Let, I got it uh, half right.
1: That's all right. We'll let you go with that, one mate. But um uh, no, so yeah, I was just just working away really and um I'd been asked to go in and train um with the, well, with Victoria a couple of times. So I'd been in and had a couple of net sessions and um uh, yeah, got got picked to play against WA in the second team and um was lucky enough that oh not lucky enough I was yeah happy enough that I did well and I ended up with thr- oh, two three three wickets all so bowled bowled really well and unfortunately that that was the only um, that was the only second team fixture that that was on for a little while um, but I was lucky enough to be picked to play against the uh, touring in the England Lions team at that stage. Um, I guess you probably remember that quite fondly of me being stacked around the park by, uh, by Ben Stokes.
0: I do re- I do remember it. that I, I thoroughly enjoyed it mate, I don't think uh, many other Aussies were there cheering but I, I really enjoyed seeing that. <laughs> I'm sure you did mate
1: but no, it was a really <laughs> enjoyable game um, considering I did get uh, belted around the park everywhere in my second spell, I um, I did bowl quite well that game and um, on the back of that game i I was picked uh, in the first team squad uh, to travel to Hobart to play uh, Tasmania uh, the next well, the two in two weeks time so um, yeah it was a bit of a bit of a whirlwind mate it sort of all happened um, rather quickly in terms of getting into the second team and then you know doing well and then being picked in the first team um, to travel that was for sure so yeah got the call um, sort of had to ask work for a bit more time off which they weren't real happy about but they weren't going to stand in my way in terms of pursuing a first-class cricket career so they were they were really good in in that sense and um they let me go and um yeah I wish I could sort of remember more of my debut game but it sort of went really really quickly so but it was very very enjoyable
0: yeah, nice, mate. And and I do remember, so that's where I was going with you, first wicket was against, uh, was it Mark Cosgrove for South Australia?
1: Yeah, correct. Um, uh, he was playing for Tassie at the time.
0: Oh, um, gee, I'm going to just give up on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your research is going really well. Here, mate. But, uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, over in Hobart against Tassie, um, first wicket was I was like, yeah, grateful enough that I did did get a wicket at least, it was it was the one and only for or my one and only for the game but um, yeah, Mark Cosgrove out LBW got one to nip back and, and hit him on the pad uh, I won't tell him but I think it was going over the top but <laughs> I was happy to let yeah, the umpire give it so yeah, pretty happy with that but out walks the ex-Australian uh, captain in Ricky Ponting. So it was a pretty daunting task after that, mate. That was for sure.
0: What a uh, what a great experience to play against one of the best ever. Now, I'm not uh, Ryan, I'm not going to bring up any more stats because I've just got them all wrong. But uh, one, thing, <laughs> one thing I want to talk about is resilience, mate. And you mentioned, you know, in your second season at Carlton, you got stress fractures. And then I know a majority of the time while you were a Victorian bush ranger that you had issues with your body. Now, how did you just keep – uh, getting yourself right, and not only your body right, but mentally. How how hard was that when you you weren't able to actually do what you love doing?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't easy. Um, but you know, I guess I was lucky enough to have a really close, you know, support group in in my family, um, and you were involved in that too, uh, whether you knew it or not. But you, you you know, great support in terms of people off the field. Uh, that were keeping me busy so that I wasn't, you know, sat there watching cricket all the time or out doing some other things away from away from sport. But I guess having, you know, family that's only a two-hour drive down the road from Melbourne um, was probably probably a good thing as well that I could actually just escape away from Melbourne for a weekend and, um, you know, not be in the daily grind of being in the rehab group from, you know, Monday to Friday and then having, you know, to sit there and watch watch cricket on on a Saturday so getting away from from Melbourne getting away from sports um probably helped probably helped quite a bit but um you know, the guys at Victoria were fantastic um worked closely with Tony Glynn who's a sports psych uh he's yeah at Victoria and he was fantastic and we just sort of tried to keep tried to keep the rehab as as fresh and as fun and and, and as new and as possible really um Because it did get a little bit monotonous at times. You'd walk in and you do a gym session, you do a running session. You walk in, you do a gym session, you do a running session. So it can get a little bit, you know, boring at times. So, you know, trying to keep it as fresh and upbeat and um, and you know, just me guessing what what would be next was, you know, a big help for me going forward. I guess
0: yeah nice, and I know that uh, you had three years of victoria and um, you know when when your contract didn't get renewed mate i 'm not going to talk about all negatives because there's a lot of positives to come, but I know that was pretty hard You, you lost your contract, you had to go back and work um, and then you, you really had to make some life decisions was was that a, a really testing time after i suppose not getting the results you wanted as a first class cricketer and and maybe thinking you that was over, or did you never give up? That you you always thought you were going to get there some way.
1: Yeah, it was a tough time. Um, I'd sort of probably fallen out of love with the game of cricket, to be honest. Um, you know, having those three seasons interrupted by you know a side strain, uh, ankle injury, impingements, a couple of operations on my ankle, couple, of, and a stress fracture that reopened up. So you know, they weren't weren't great injuries to have as a fast me to fall out of love with the game of cricket to an extent and probably losing the contract took the pressure off a little bit more and i could actually just go back um i was lucky enough to pick up some work with tnf cricket um who were fantastic guys and um you know got me got me falling back in love with with you know life and cricket outside of the professional ranks and um testament to the Carlton Creek Club again they you know they gave me the opportunity to to come back and just do what what I needed to do to get myself right and um, I, I wouldn't say I gave up on on having a professional career but I guess I, I was a bit lucky I was probably luckier than most that I had a, a British passport to fall back on and that I could actually travel um, and it wasn't the be-all and end-all to be picked up in, in Australia, I guess. So I wouldn't say I gave up, but I could say I probably fell out of love with the game of cricket for a little while there.
0: Yeah, and it probably made it – it is hard. That's, you know, when you're doing that day in, day out, and it doesn't work out. So I know after TNF you made the big call to um, renew your British passport. I know Linda, your mother, was born over there. So you've got that passport now, and you made the decision to go over and give it a crack overseas. Now, how hard was that, mate, leaving everything behind and going over to the unknown? Yeah, it wasn't
1: it wasn't an easy decision that's for sure it took some you know uh, took some really honest conversations with uh, family uh, close friends like yourself that you know played a big part in the decision of you know me coming over here but I guess the best bit of advice I got given was that home was always going to be there and it was never going anywhere so that I got I got given that advice when I first moved to Melbourne and I guess I was you know they just sort of reinforced that a little bit that it's no different to moving to Melbourne you're only you know you are obviously a 24-hour flight away but home's still there and you know you can always book a flight the next day and and get home if you're not enjoying it so I guess that was a big big factor in me making the decision was that bugger it, I'd, I'd actually wanted to go for a few years beforehand that I um then when I did um unfortunately it didn't work out through through injury and and a few other things but I guess being a little bit older it's probably made me appreciate coming over here a little bit more and um and yeah to be honest I've loved every minute of being over here um I got really well looked after at the Berkshaw Creek Club um and I've made some lifelong friends not only at the Berkshaw Creek Club but in cricket in general um being in Oz and and uh over here abroad that's for sure
0: yeah, now I know you went over to play for Berkswell and you were absolutely dominating and, and your goal always was to try and make it as a county cricketer. Um, it just happened so quick, mate. It happened within your first season. Was that just a whirlwind?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't expect it to happen as quick as it did. Um, you know, I guess being in the position that I was with Victoria, I'd had guys that had travelled over here and that had contacts and stuff over here as well. So... There was, you know, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say buzz, but a little bit of a rumor that I was coming over, and um, I'd had the Northamptonshire County Cricket Club get in contact with me via email before it even, um, before it even landed in in England. So I'd sort of had that, um, had that road into into sort of the county setups, but. Um, it sort of made that a little bit easier that I had some glowing recommendations from, a blo- uh, from Cameron White, who um, has obviously dominated international cricket around the world for, for years. So to have a guy like that uh, give me an endorsement with the county over here was great, and it sort of gave me a good foot in the door to, to, get, to get started where I am today.
0: Yeah, nice, mate, and, and I know it's going really well. Just a, a little question on the side: What have you noticed? says there's, there's a great deal of difference from playing uh, state cricket in Australia or from your experience now? Because I know you you trialed at a couple of different clubs, and now you're at Warwickshire. Is there, is there is there a lot of difference, or is, is it quite a similar setup? Um, there is, there is a different
1: elements to um, the county setup and the Victorian setup. Obviously, there's a lot more teams over here in the county setup, so. You, You've got a lot more opportunities, but um, I would say the that the Australian setup's a lot stronger and a lot more cutthroat because of the the fact is that there's only six teams, and um, if you're not at the top of your game, then you know there's someone at the you know at your at your feet nipping at your heels trying to get your spot, I guess. So the fact that there is eighteen, excuse me, eighteen teams over here, um, mate. I guess made it a little bit easier that the fact is that there's a hell of a lot more spots to, to be picked up from. But yeah, I did I did trial for um, Northampton, uh, Northamptonshire, I trial for Nottinghamshire and then I was uh, lucky enough to trial for Warwickshire who I'm currently playing with and um, on contract with at the moment,
0: so... Yeah, nice, mate. Now, um, yeah, do you want to talk us through that first game at Lords um, and explain what it was like? So um, for people listening, if you're our American or Canadian listeners and you don't really know much about cricket, I'd probably go on YouTube and just Google it. But uh, Lords is the home of cricket. It's, it's just in the most amazing place. And um, did you ever think that you would have the chance to play on there, let alone debut in, like, just amazing circumstances
1: there? Well, no, not at all, mate. Uh... I was actually trying to buy some uh, tickets to to the test match to watch the South African uh, v England test match at Lords about eight weeks before the game started. So um, if someone had said that uh, I'd be debuting after, I couldn't after I couldn't get any tickets to go and watch the game. <laughs> uh, I would have told him to to bugger off and, and <laughs> laughed at him <them>. <laughs> mate. It was unbel- that's it's an unbelievable place. Uh, It just oozes history. Um, It's a very eerie place when there's no one there because it's just, it is is the home of cricket. Um, You know, people joke about having the home of cricket, whether it be at Talagorupna Recreation Reserve (laughs) or or the MCT, but um, it it is just a special, special place Um, to get down from the dressing room onto the ground. You actually have to do, have to walk through the long room and, You've, whether it be the day before and there's nobody in there, it's an eerie feeling or you're walking through on day one and there's 150 members sat in there giving you a clap, whether you walked walk, walking out to bat or walking out to field or you've come in off the field um, or you've come in off making a duck. So they're still giving you that applause. And it, it, is, a, it is something that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to, to debut there, but um, – know yeah, to do it again this season I guess I could sort of just step back and soak it in a little bit more this year as well so it's yeah it's an eerie fantastic place to play cricket that's for sure
0: yeah, and I I've, personally, I've, I've done a tour of it, mate. I've never been, uh, they wouldn't just let the mere plebs out in the oval. So um, I just remember I was extremely proud of you, mate, when that happened and what what a great memory that is for you. Now, um, along the journey, mate, I'm going to keep going on because you've got contract extensions and your career is still going really well. But one thing I'm really big on is mentors and being around good people and um, people who have really helped you. out. I know um, you've mentioned that Rowan Larkin was the first one that put the idea in your head to go to Carlton is, is there other people People that you, you rely on, you go to, or you've had mentors on way, right? coaches that have just blown your mind and, and given you the confidence to do what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I guess it all sort of started at Carlton, really, in terms of a mentor. Um, you know, there's there's two that come, or oh, three that come to mind straight away in that uh, Nathan Pillen, who was the captain uh, when I first moved down, he was fantastic for me. Um, took me under my, took me under his wing and, and you know just gave me the confidence to do do what I needed to do uh, but not only him was the two two opening bowlers at, the, at Carlton at the time in in uh, Nick Austin and Chris Arms um, were you know fantastic you know for me because um, there was a stage there where I was where I was still playing a little bit of country footy and and cricket at the, at the time and um, Nick sort of just pulled me pulled me aside and. Um, I did tell him a couple of white lies at the time that I wasn't playing Woody <laughs> but um, when he invited me around for dinner, I wasn't. You know, I didn't really think too much of it. And he sat there with the stats up on the laptop, and he's like, um, "What the f are you doing, mate? You know, I don't think I don't think you understand what opportunity you've got ahead of you." So um, for him to sort of give me a clip behind the ear and 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 you know point me in the right direction um oh you know i can't thank him enough and he is one of my really close mates uh, now um whether it be moving house or or whatnot we always try and catch up and i speak to him quite regularly over here as well so um but not only him as well as sami chris as well uh, has been fantastic so the pair of them have been great and i guess along the way there's there's been coaches and um you know, guys that have sort of been fantastic for me, and one was Tim McCaskill, uh, probably not a highly well-known coach in terms of didn't play first-class cricket himself, but the way sort of he's helped me along the way has been fantastic, and I can't thank him enough as well. But then, you know, I guess getting over here, um, in terms of coaching and stuff over here, we've, I've found a really good, I guess, not only coach but mentor and. Um, in grey and Welsh um, he's been fantastic um, uh, you know he's probably probably the best fast bowling coach that I've worked with and we've you know we've created a, a great bond not only as a, a player coach bond but a really close friendship um, you know he's he's a hell of a man and um, you know if I if I can do half what he's done in, in terms of cricket and life mate I'll be a very very happy man so There's been a few coaches and and mentors along the way, but uh, not to mention, you know, my brothers growing up as well. They were they were big mentors for myself because all I wanted to do at a young age was was do what they did. So um, I've got plenty of yeah, whether it be close friends, mentors, or or coaches along the way. They've been you know fantastic for my journey.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's great, mate, and I know that your brothers are big role models growing up. Now, for young kids listening along, and um, I, I think a lot of people have the concept that, you know, you only get a mentor if you make it in the big leagues or things like that, but um, I think everybody should have a mentor. What, what are some tips that you reckon you've used along the way, Ryan, to, to get your mentors and, and find ones that work for you? What What what, I, what little ideas could you give people listening along that might be like, I'd like a mentor but don't know where to start?
1: don't be shy is one um you know if i could look back on on my journey so far um and give myself some advice um i'd probably go down the same route as what michael barlow did in your last episode um, is that don't be shy in seeking out advice from anybody um you know it may seem that people are looking to Pick things apart in in what you're doing, but actually they pro- they are trying to help you along the way and and don't be you know don't be uh, don't be closed off to some constructive feedback as well um, because not all feedback's good um, and I guess you'll learn you'll learn differently from different types of feedback you know some of the best feedback I've been given has been negative feedback. Um, and it does make you stronger, not only as a person, but as a, as a sportsman as well. But um, I guess not giving up is a big one for me because, you know, I was, we, we touched on it earlier, I was never big enough or I was never picked in any pathways programs or ever any representative cricket. So, um, you know, never giving up and, and knowing and having confidence in yourself that knowing that if you do all the work right, that you'll, you'll get to where you want to get to and probably exceed that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, uh, great advice, mate, and uh, you've just taken my favourite question out of my mouth, so thanks for that, but uh, one one thing you, you did mention there is that uh, growing up, you didn't play in the pathways, and for people using pathways is like the junior progression and things like that, and, and I know that was hard for you, and is that where you think you started to build up your resilience, and you started to realise that maybe one day, like, how, how did you go with that, because I know a lot of your brothers were playing it, and your mates and so forth, and, and you just weren't making the sides, how did you cope with that
1: um yeah, it probably definitely would be where I where I started to get you know that mental that mental strength that I rely on so heavily today um i guess it's the it's the disappointment of not being picked inside that you that you want to be playing in and that you you think you should be playing in um i guess it just it, it pushes you into places that you probably never think you'd go to um, and it does it does make you stronger, but you know, stronger a person by you not even realizing it probably because it's that it's that rejection. So it's like, oh, I'm being rejected here, so I'm gonna you know I'm gonna show you show you and I'm gonna prove you wrong. Eventually, it may not happen in a week's time. It may not happen in a year's time. It may happen two or three years down the track. But you you will if you work hard enough. Um, Get to where you want to be, if uh, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, it, it definitely does, mate. And I can see that in you, and, and I know people listening along about your journey, they'll be able to see that. And I suppose that comes along now, like sacrifices. Obviously, uh, you've made a lot of them, from what I've heard. You know, moving home, moving away from home, going down to Melbourne, and then obviously things not going well, and and then moving over to the UK. What um, what other sacrifices have you had to make to be where you are now?
1: Um, I guess uh, the big, the big sacrifices were what you just touched on It was moving home. But, um, to be honest, I've been pretty, pretty fortunate. I don't think I've had to sacrifice a hell of a lot more, to be honest, because I've only been sort of two hours down the road where I can jump in the car and, and visit for whether it be for a night or a weekend or a week. Um, uh, so I've always had that, um, that support of the family, so I haven't really had to sacrifice that too much in terms of um, being in Melbourne. But I guess moving moving abroad to, to England, I've sacrificed that connection a little bit more. And um, you know, being being very family orientated, um, you know, has put a little bit of a strain on things at times over here. Things haven't been probably plane sailing as much as I would like to but um you know having that network and support base over here has been you know been great um I've you know been lucky enough to pick up a what we call it an English mum and dad so I can you know pick up the phone and uh, see if they're home if they're home I'll go around and whether it be for dinner or or a cup of tea or even a couple of beers you know they're always there and they've been a massive support to to me so you know I can't thank them enough either but um in terms of sacrifice, mate, I've been been pretty lucky that I haven't had to sacrifice too much, really.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that just shows about your personality, mate. That you don't actually see it as that because you're living your dream and, and you're really positive about everything. And I suppose one of the big things I've noticed about your crew, you've had quite a lot of injuries and touch wood that um, we don't have any more, mate. But um, has your training changed over the years? Now that you understand your body better, or you're getting a little bit older, and particularly the workload as a fast bowler, like it, it is extremely hard on your body. Is have you changed different things? You're doing yoga, Pilates. You're meditating. You're doing anything different than you were when you started?
1: Um, I guess, yeah. Obviously, first starting being a pretty um, immature body-wise sense in that I hadn't sort of developed fully when I started with Victoria, and then getting in the gym. I guess at that and then getting into that workload um, probably it probably did contribute to a lot of the injuries that I'd had. But I guess being smarter in terms of Um, You know, the history with my feet, I've had some stress fractures and I've had a couple of operations on my left ankle as well. Um, So just being smarter about the the way I do things. So if we are raining, then not going in and bowling indoors on concrete. Um, You know, making sure that I'm ticking off my gym program at least once, if not twice a week in between games. Um, And then just being smarter in terms of recovery um, between – between games and between days, to be fair, because you know it is a long, a long, a long time to play cricket over four days, and it does get pretty strenuous on your body. So, just being diligent uh, in your recovery, whether it be an ice bath, um, having a protein shake, or or getting in the gym and, and spending you know twenty minutes, half an hour on the foam roller, and just fo- and and rolling out and stretching out all different parts of your body. So, I guess. Have been smarter along the way, you just learn things along the way, and you learn the way your body feels after a day 's play and, and um, trying to trying to make yourself feel the best after a day 's play uh, obviously trying to get the best out of yourself for the next day would be um, would be how you how you do things i guess
0: yeah nice and uh, i don 't I don't think i've ever seen you foam roll in the gym i 've seen you do a lot of bicep curls and uh, Flexing in the mirror, but uh, I'm just going to leave that there and not let you reply. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know me, mate. You've seen my biceps, and there are definitely not enough bicep girls to be
1: flexing in the
0: mirror. So... <laughs> <laughs> you can always try, mate. Don't worry about that. Now, um, one one thing I love giving uh, a couple little bits of words of wisdom because we've got teachers will be listening, we have young kids listening. Um, if you had to go back to Wanganui Park, and that's obviously our high school we went to, and you got to speak to maybe the Year 9s or Year 10s, a whole group, and you had two bits of advice that you've learnt along the way. So whether that be the way you build up resilience, um, getting mentors, you know, things you've learnt from living overseas by yourself, what might be two good bits of advice that, you know, you would give them that you've learnt along your journey so far, mate?
1: Yeah. um, I guess one is that we alluded to earlier, and, and I guess Michael alluded to it last episode as well is is not being af- afraid to seek out advice um you know i didn't do that enough when i was growing up and going through high school um and probably high school did um suffer for for that i wasn't really the academic type But uh, if you if you look at my uh school reports from year seven <laughs> to year 12 it probably would be would be the same message that i was a larrikin and enjoyed the company of others and uh enjoyed the tension of others so Um, obviously seeking out as much advice from from everybody um, whether it be your school teachers your parents um, you know people you look up to um, and not only that but your schoolmates as well Um, I guess your peers are you're with your peers every day you're with your schoolmates every day and they see you um, almost every day so they're ones that would probably see a difference in behaviour or um, things like that. So not being shy to seek out some advice and um, I guess being comfortable in your own skin, Um, you know, being happy to spend time by yourself because, you know, we are very social people um, but some of the best times I've had have been just chilling out by myself that you can just relax and refresh and recharge your batteries, and um, not try and overdo things um, because it is hard enough to fit everything in it as it is. So you don't want to be don't want to be you know overdoing things in terms of trying to fit in too much socially or um, too too much physically. So just yeah, being comfortable in your own skin. That the fact is that you're not afraid to to. To spend a bit of time by yourself.
0: Yeah, good, good advice, mate. And I think uh, th- that's something people don't, you know, do enough of these days. I think with social media and technology and so many things accessible that, you know, being alone and being by yourself, it's a really good skill to have. So I love that. Don't be shy. Seek out mentors. Um, take most of your advantages. I really like that. Now, just a couple of more questions to go, go before I let you go, mate. Future goals, what, uh, what's what's looking like in the next couple of years? What, what do you want to achieve, mate? Um, I guess just staying in the game uh, of cricket for as long as
1: possible. Um, you know, I've just turned 29, and I know I'm, I'm no spring chicken anymore. So, uh, trying to take um, take as much time as I can to, to stay in the game of cricket, and um, you know, there are positive t- times ahead in terms of I've got a contract for next summer over here uh, for 2019, and and at the moment we're. I'm having a discussion with Ashley Giles, who's the director of sport for Warwickshire at the moment to potentially extend that further again. So nothing set in stone with that, but, um, you know, obviously getting it, getting as much out of myself in terms of uh, cricket wise would be, would be goal one. But then, you know, whilst I'm in the, in the game of cricket, I've, I've got enough time that I can actually step away from it and do some things, whether it be, on the coaching side of things or whether it be, um, you know, a mentor side of things or, or what, it, what it may be. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, mate. I still don't know, um, uh, what I want to do post cricket. Um, but yeah, I guess spending as much time, uh, pursuing the cricket has been me up to date. So just trying to, yeah, trying to prolong my cricket career or yeah, prolong my career career as, as much as possible is, in the immediate future, for me, I I think mate.
0: Yeah, nice mate, and, you, and you're doing a good job of it. I just got a couple of little quick fire questions that you can just say yes or no to. Um, hole in one in golf by yourself? Yes. Nickname Dingo.
1: That's your nickname.
0: <laughs> think uh, you're a batting all rounder.
1: I'm very much a bowling all rounder, but my batting is improving. Yes, Dale.
0: Are you going to uh, move above eleven shortly? Um. I'm planning on it. (laughs) Cole, uh, thanks for your time today, mate, and uh, I know that I was really keen to get you on here just because I'm so proud of your story, mate, and everything you've done, and um, you're a real credit to yourself and your family, buddy, so I hope, uh, you know, the next few years go well, you get a contract extension, and you keep dominating, mate, because uh, you're a bloody legend, buddy. Cheers,
1: mate. Uh, appreciate it. appreciate all your support, and, um, you know, you've probably done but done more than what you know for me, so a big thank you to to you and and everyone, and uh, I want to wish all the followers yeah you know, best of luck. So cheers, thanks mate.
0: Good on you, Ryan. Thanks, mate.